Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse Duplantis. And I'm Kathy Duplantis, and we welcome you to our boardroom for another great chat. Oh, I tell you what, we've been having a good time around the throne of God. We've been dealing with the four jobs of Jesus. And you know, I was going to do it all in one boardroom chat, but I said it's just too much. And I have to break it up so you can understand the, the meat of this situation. What does God, Jesus do every day? We know he sits at the right hand of the Father. Right. But if you, if you go back two weeks, you'll find out that he's, his, most, his best job is that he's a high priest. Right. And he's such a blessing to have a high priest, praise God. Because sometimes, well, he does. We pray such dumb prayers sometimes. So he takes our crude petitions and supplications, and he fixes them so he can present them to the Father. Yeah, he represents us before yes. the Father. It's, it's just amazing how many times we pray wrong. And yet Jesus goes, man, I can't, I, I, just like this, I can't present that to my dad. So he, he fixes it up. And so you can get a good answer that you deserve, praise the Lord. And then we dealt with uh, on the second week that not only was he a high priest, but he's a mediator. And everybody needs a mediator in some way, shape, or form. He introduces the lost man to, the, to our heavenly father. So in other words, you're never alone. He's always there to do when, where, how, and how much, whatever it takes. Stand it's a blessing. In, stand in the gap for us. Standing in the gap. <laughs> so I'd like you to go back if when you get time and, and, and go to part one and then go to part two. And we're going to deal with part three here in just a minute. But I mean, so you can really understand this, that he does this daily, not right. just Sunday. Right. Every day. You Every know what day. I'm saying? So I think, you know what, uh, people say, boy, Jesse, you work a lot. Well, so does Jesus. <laughs> Jesus works a lot, you know, right. and we keep him busy. Praise God. Right. You got anything to say before no, I start? I'm looking forward to today. Which today's topic? Uh, well, the, this is the third job of Jesus. Right. He is an intercessor. Number one, high priest. Right. Number two, that's in that order now, mediator. And we're going to talk about th today, he's an intercessor. Now, born again, love the Lord. Why do you need an intercessor? We're going to deal with that today. We're going to get into some revelation here. See, why? Would, I mean, you know, why would we need that when we know in whom we have believed and we're persuaded mm -hmm. that he's able to keep what we commit to him? All the different things. Why would he even need an intercessor? But it's very important that he intercedes for us. Now, I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 7. And this is where, and, and there's so many other um, uh, scriptures and things that are made, but I really love this. In Hebrews, chapter 7, uh, I want to read verse 22 first. By, much, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better covenant. Verse 23 of Hebrews 7. And truly, and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continued ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. That's on the order of Melchizedek. See this? They're, they're all connected. They're all connected. Now verse 25 is where I want to get to. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever, notice the word ever, he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Why do we need an intercessor? Number one, because of our unrenewed minds. Hmm. I mean, I mean, we say some of the dumbest things. I mean, you know, am I, because and we say things we mean at the time in the soulless realm, but we don't mean it in the spirit realm. Because the spirit's much smarter than that. Let me explain that. Your spirit believes God 100%. It does have no doubt in it whatsoever at all. Where your trouble is, is in the mind or in the soul of man, in the mind, the will, and the emotion. And I've used this so many times in sermons in the past years. I mean, if you went to a mall, saw a, a, a person that, uh, you know, is crippled in a wheelchair, your spirit will say, go over there, grab him, 
pull them out in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Well, your spirit goes, yeah. And your soul says, control yourself, fool. You lost your ever-loving mind. Suppose it don't work. Right. You got a lawsuit on your hands, you see? <laughs> so why we need an intercessor? Because of our unrenewed mind. Sometimes we say things we shouldn't say. And thank God for the forgiveness of Christ, for the blood of Jesus, and for the grace of God. I live by grace. I thank God for grace. But grace hadn't been given to us to stop discipline so that we, or so that we could sin more. That's just ridiculous. So that why he ever lived to make intercession for it is because we have an unrenewed mind. How many times have we missed God when we didn't have to, but our soulless realm, we just was bullheaded and wanted to do what our soul said instead right. of what our spirit said. Right. I love that. You know, while you were just talking about it, I was thinking about how Jesus gave a command to his disciples in John chapter 14, but he was telling them this, but it was for anyone, because he says, if anyone believes in me steadfastly, yeah. he says, Every, all the works that I do, they'll be able to do, plus they'll be able to do it greater. And then he That's says, Saint why? That's 14, 12. Yeah, he says, he says, why? Because I'm going to my Father. He says, and if you ask anything in my name. Mm -hmm. So when you use the name of Jesus, basically you're act. I think, you're activating that intercessor mm -hmm. uh, work the of Jesus. The power of attorney. The power of attorney, but he, then he's going to work first. He's interceding for us. That's what it's all about. Well, you know, a lot of preachers say this. She, she's, uh, Kathy's quoting St. John 14, verses 12, 13, 14, which I quote every day in my daily devotion. He said, Valley, Valley, verse 12, Valley, Valley, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Now, everybody goes, Amen, glory to God. But yeah, when it comes time to go do those things, now, Preachers are saying, now, don't get crazy with this. I mean, you know, I mean, that was Jesus. You're not Jesus. That's right. We're not Jesus. But he said we can do the work that he does and greater. Not that we're trying to beat Jesus. No, he didn't say that. Which means, my life, you're going to have more opportunities to do greater works. Let me explain that. Because right now, there's more sin on the earth than it was when Jesus was here. Hmm. We're living in the Noah days. We're in the end times. All the different junk. Now you're able to, to be able to do things with technology like we have, you know, like social media. I mean, Kathy, it's amazing to me. I never thought in my lifetime that I could, that we could touch the world in seven minutes. I mean, right now, there's 7.8 billion people on the planet. And because of the internet and the different things, and, and Elon Musk did a wonderful thing, put a bunch of satellites up there so we could have internet connections, you know, all over the world. 7.8 billion people, you can preach to all of them in seven minutes. And the if that's not a greater work, I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, that's a great work, and anybody in the world could use that work. But the point of it is that all, not just us, but other ministers that are anointed by the Holy Spirit Amen. can work through uh, in that same environment. Oh, use yes. that tool. But the uh, greater works are happening because the Holy Spirit's been given to His church. Instead of just being in one person in one location, it's, it's amplified through all the body of Christ that that believes in Jesus and walks out his promise. Let me ask you a question. What is a greater work? Let me ask you, what's your opinion of a greater work? Well, I think, well, Paul j did something Jesus didn't do. If you look at the book of Acts, the Bible talks about how that just when he walked, the shadow of him healed people. That was the well, anointing Peter. of the Holy Spirit. Peter, but, as you, but Paul also, they had cloths that were taken mm -hmm. from him that were brought to other people. And that was, that was a great work. Even out, apart from him, mm -hmm. you, they didn't, couldn't bring everybody to him apparently. And we use that even now, that principle of laying hands on a oh, yeah. cloth. Oh, yeah. People will bring it to someone, lay it on their body, they'll be healed. That's a great work. But I believe more what than anything. What is any, a greater work? I'm, I'm trying to get to that A greater work to me is that it's, with the works of Jesus is multiplied throughout his body. 
There throughout all the members that believe in him and act out what he told us to do. Yeah, one body made up of many members. We have more access to the world than Jesus did because he lived 2,000 years ago. You see what I'm trying to say? And, uh, and if you think about it, back, back, way back when in the Old Testament, uh, most people uh, were judged by the judges in Israel or the prophets. But today, man, you got the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the fivefold working ministry. I call it the executive branch of God's government. Now you think about that, see? And uh, now some people say, well, miracles are not for today. That, that, that's a religious lie. That's somebody telling you that because they don't have the faith to believe for your healing. Yeah. And they, now somebody's really going to get mad at me for saying that, but that's just simply a fact. Yeah. And they try to spin it through theological, homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical thought. When God says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. End the statement. Yeah. Just that simple, see? Now, we have to develop our faith to do those things. You see, and how you do that? Faith come by hearing. Well, what's happening right now, your faith is being developed by watching this because we're speaking the word of God. Now, notice how he said he ever liveth to make intercession. So, number one, why do we need the intercessor? Because, my God, of our unrenewed minds. And number two, we also strain our fellowship with the Father because of our ignorance of his will. Mm. See, we strain that fellowship. Healing's not for today. That's a strained fellowship. When Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, mm. and forever. Amen. You see, so we strain our fellowship by the ignorance of his will. What is God's will for us? I've said it so many times. There's <laughs> the will of God. What is the will of God for man? Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, and the last two chapters in the book of Revelation. That's four chapters. Between them four chapters, watch this, is 1186 chapters of killing, stealing, and destroying by an arch enemy called Satan. But Jesus is coming back, and we're going back to Genesis chapter 1. We're going back to Genesis chapter 2 and the last two chapters in the book of Revelation. And guess what's going to happen? We're going to walk in the cool of the day again, just like Jesus, uh, you know, uh, in the Garden of Eden, because that's his perfect will. Think about that. That's God's will for men today. His will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven or in earth as it is in heaven. That's the Our Father prayer. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's in red. More people pray that prayer probably than any prayer that's ever been prayed. But it's amazing to me to go, well, I know God, Jesus said that, but there's no conjunctions in what Jesus says. See, right. he ever lived to make an intercession. Now, sometimes the devil will make you say, make you feel like he can't, he ain't going to save you. He ain't going to forgive that. I mean, or you might be saved and you messed up. You see that? He ain't going to do it. He said, but he ever liveth making an intercession. You, because you, of an unrenewed mind, you did something maybe dumb, or you strained your fellowship. Mm -hmm. Strained fellowship was means when you fight your brother in the Lord. You shouldn't fight your brother. You got to love everybody. That doesn't mean you, have to, you don't have to like everybody. Because there's some people, they're not thorns in the flesh. They're complete bushes. I mean, let's just face it. You know it and I know it. You just thought of them. You see, but when you, you strain that, so you got to love people. You don't like. Why? Because you can never pay off that debt of love. He said, oh, no man, anything but to love him. I love See? that. That's and I love that. It's a phenomenal scripture. We always really kind of uh, look more at the first part of the verse, oh, no man, anything. And that's, I believe in being debt free and I am debt free. Me and Kathy have been debt free since 1982. But the, the greater part of that verse is, is that you can't pay off that, uh, the debt of love. You have to love people no matter if they hate you. Mm -hmm. I ain't saying it's easy. Right. But it can be developed to the point where you do. You know, and I made up my mind years and years ago that I would not compete with preachers who would have a bigger ministry. I'm not in competition. I'm in cooperation. Now, there's some guys preaching things that I personally don't believe in. I don't see it that way, but I don't try to hurt them. 
Right. But I will speak the truth. See, it's not being critical, it's being truthful. Some people think when you say something about someone, you're judging someone. No, no. If it's the truth, it's not a judgment. A truth is a living reality. That's not being critical. I mean, I can prove that. You know, Jesus, Jesus said, don't judge people. I've had people tell me that in my younger days in ministry. But I noticed Jesus in front of the disciples and in front of, uh, uh, right in front of the Pharisees and behind their back. He said, you're a snake, they're hypocrites, and they're vipers. Jesus said that. We're wet and fancy. And I thought, well, no, Jesus, that's judging somebody. You told right. us to judge not. You know what the Lord spoke to me? And it really set me free. He said, no, that's not a judgment. I'm not being critical. I'm being truthful. And if it's the truth, you can say it to someone's face or you can say it behind their back because you're not judging them and you're not being critical. You're speaking the truth and the truth sets you Free. I love that. That's so good. See, that's why we ever live. That's why he ever lives to make intercession for us. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you do judge people and you shouldn't do that. You see, you judge people by, uh, automatically by what they wear. You know, you got to understand something about the world. God is so unique. Why are there so many different things on a menu at a restaurant that you don't like? You ever wondered about that? Man, I would never order that. Why they got that on that? You know. Like to me, this is one of my pet peeves, if you want to call it. I can't stand, now don't get mad at me. I, have, I, I know what I, you're going to say. I hate curry, curry. <laughs> with a passion. I can't even smell it. It smells like body odor to me. I don't like You don't like, like curry. it if it's at the next table. Oh, you don't like God. Yeah, most people that I know love curry. They enjoy it. I cannot stand it. I promise you, if I was starving to death, <laughs> I'm not going to eat curry. I just don't like it. But you know what? Most people do. Why? Because you see, if you're in a business, you're going to try to appeal to not one or two people, but to whoever can come into your restaurant. You see, do you understand what I'm saying? So, he, so I, I have to intercede for people that eat curry. <laughs> I said, I think they need help, glory to God. I'm going to get some ugly letters on that probably. I don't think you so. Know, what, what food you don't like? Oh, goodness. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. I like most everything. Now, what I can notice about Kathy, Kathy can eat, uh, like if she likes something, like she can eat a pint of ice cream for supper or for dinner. <laughs> she said, that's going to be my dinner. Like the other day she said, I didn't eat much today in this Haagen-Dazs butter pecan, 900 calories. This is going to be my, my, my supper. I know what I don't like. <laughs> I change the subject. I don't like cottage cheese. You eat I that. I like cottage cheese. Oh, that's disgusting. You know, see, Just I like cottage cheese with salt and pepper on it. It's now, that sounds crazy. But I you can't stand in, even look at it. Oh, it looks I like, like it myself. Well, I'm not going to say. What does it look like? Throw, it looks like throw up. It looks oh, terrible. Oh, come on, man. Oh, <laughs> I can't stand it. it. Got to, let's intercede for her. Father, help her today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, you uh, see, the world's different. But that doesn't stop people from making cottage cheese because Kathy don't like it. <laughs> or they stop cooking curry because Jesse don't like it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's something else I don't particularly care for. I'm just using an It's lamb. I'm not a big lamb person. You probably haven't had good lamb. That's Maybe what so. I always say when people don't like oysters because I love oh, oysters. Oh, man, oysters are the best. I always say, you know, you probably haven't had good oysters. And that's, that's probably what it is, the and best. And there's such a thing as a good oyster. Oh, definitely. And a bad one. These if are you two, have a bad one. Oh, you'll, you, you'll never forget it. <laughs> two kids are talking here. Don't ever order, order oysters with the, if there's a month. Make sure the month has an R in it. February, March. Because that's when oysters are at its best, or at their best, when the month has an R in it. When you get past that, that's like July, now it gets a little milky. You don't want that. See what I'm trying to say?
Now, if you fry it, it, it it'll cover it. But I'm just saying it's so much better. You eat them raw, and, you know, in November. I think a lot December. of that had to do with the temperature. Sure. Things may have changed. Depends where you get them from, yeah. I would guess. I guess so. That's See. here in South Louisiana. So number one, why do we need an intercessor? Unrenewed minds. Hmm. Number two, you strain your fellowship with the Lord. Sometimes Kathy has strained her fellowship with me. <laughs> and I had to intercede for her. <laughs> I, and yeah. vice versa. I think the, geez, that was when Jesus was interceding for both of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, and, uh, and, and that, but that was so wonderful. But that doesn't mean she walked out the house and said, I'm never coming back. Or, or I walked out the house and said, I'm never coming back. Why do you walk out the church and say you're never coming back? Say you thought I was off the, off the, uh, the little message today. Now, why would you do that? When the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. You work those things out. Amen. How do you do that? It's called, By listening. It's called maturity. <laughs> Mature and Growing listening. Up. Yeah. The word compromise is, you know, uh, if you take the C-O-M off of it, it becomes promise. Just three letters mess up the whole thing. See what I'm saying? You see? And when you understand. Well, compromise used in the right way is not a bad thing. Right. You compromise when you work out things with people. Right. But you don't ever compromise the word of God can't, is what you mean that. by that. Yeah. You know, I want to read the, the, the amplified version of that verse that we started verse 25? with. Uh, yes, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says, Therefore he is able also to save to the uttermost, completely, perfectly, finally, and for all time and eternity, those who come to God through him, since he is always living to make petition to God and intercede with him and intervene for them. You know, that, uh, we call it a 24-hour day job. That's an eternal job. That is. You know, but I was thinking about this when I read this scripture in the Amplified Bible about Luke 22, and that's when Jesus told Peter that, that how he was going to fall. He says, Satan has desired to have you, yeah. to sift you like wheat. I want to go to that verse whenever you're ready. Yeah, is that yeah, okay right. now? Yeah. Luke 22, verse 31. Uh, it's one of my favorite verses of scripture. He says, uh, this of course is before the res uh, crucifixion. He says, Simon, Simon Peter, listen, Satan has asked excessively that I, that all of you be given up to him out of the power and keeping of God that he may sift all of you like grains. So Jesus was talking to Peter, but he was really meaning the whole of all of his disciples. But verse 32 says, but I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that you and your own faith may not fail. And when you yourself have turned again, strengthen and establish your brethren. Praise the Lord. So he saw what pathway Peter was going and he had already begun to pray and intercede for him. And, and even though Peter denied, oh no, I'll never deny you. He did. Yeah, he did. And he, he repented though. And he turned around and when he did, God used him to help restore the other 12. Well, you so know, that's what that powerful intercession, oh, he, man, he did it, it before he even went to the cross. Well, you got to understand about Satan. Satan sees the anointing and he knows the anointing destroys him. So, you know, you, you know, you got to understand sometimes you'll see a minister of the gospel, whether male or female, they have a great anointing and then you find out they may have messed up. Well, Satan's doing double time on them. Like he said, he, he wanted the whole 12 yeah. so he could shut them down to hurt them. See? That's so true. But Jesus, you got to understand that. So, I mean, that, that's not an excuse for making a mistake. I'm not saying that. Right. But what I'm saying is, my God, man, I mean, you know, pray for that person that's in that quote in that higher echelon, not that they're better than you are, but Satan's trying to destroy they're them. They're a target, he, of Yeah, I mean, he comes at them with everything he's got. See, but when you understand the power of attorney of the name of Jesus, you shut him down, you know? And let me just say that you draw the bloodline. Right. And, and, and stay behind the hedge of God. 
That, that blood's too thick for Satan to go through, and that edge is too high for him to jump over. Huh. It's literally that simple. Right. So when you strain your fellowship with the Lord by uh, speaking evil of a fellow brethren, speaking evil, is, you know, if you speak in truth, that's not a judgment. But if you speak in evil because you're jealous, you know, because they might have a bigger ministry than you or whatever, or they might get more attention and things of that nature, you know, and stuff like that. Hmm. You know, I've had a lot of ministers say this, but Jesse, a lot of women follow you. And I said, and then I, I noticed something. I said, does that bother you? Well, you got a problem here? Oh, no, 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 no. Then why are you concerned about whether it's a woman or a man? See, you see what I'm saying? It make no difference. Just preaching the gospel. You see, it's Satan trying to make you take that bait. You understand what I'm saying? There's one thing, and I, I, I live this. The Bible says shun the very appearance of evil, and I do that. But my point is this. There's something, it kind of irritates me, and Kathy understands how I am. I'm a very friendly person, and I got, I got a lot of ladies that work for me. And I mean, I'm talking about they great employees and things. I, would, I mean, I, I would have no problem going to lunch with them, but I can't do that unless I go with Kathy. Because somebody's, somebody will say, well, look at that. Now, you see, to me, that's a judgment against me and a judgment against that, that lady. When all we want to do is eat something. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I don't like that, but because God said it, I do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, avoid the appearance it, of evil. Like one time, I like club soda, Perrier water, you know, a Pellegrino water, you know. It's, it, what sparkling. They call it? Sparkling water. Water. Now, watch it. This just water irritated you. Water with gas, they say. Yeah, water Europe. with gas. In Europe, they go, Would you, you want gas? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're talking about water. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we think you of something different. No, no, we gas. Want gas. <laughs> no gas. <laughs> no gas. <laughs> but watch that. Anybody with common sense, if you saw my daughter Jody, you would know without a shadow of a doubt she's my daughter. Hmm. He, she looks like me, which she's way prettier than I am that night. But you can see, but me and Kathy, I mean, you can see that she is our daughter. You know, like we say in South Louisiana, come hella high water. <laughs> I go eat with my daughter. It, not just happened to be with Jody. And I said, come on, let's go to lunch. I think, I don't know, you were preaching somewhere or something. This is a couple of years ago, whatever. And I ordered a Perrier. Now, a Perrier comes in those green um, bottles, kind of like a green bottle. I mean, people went around saying I was drinking, and I was drinking... And he was with a different woman than his wife. Mm. That's my daughter. Now, that irritated the socks off of me. I wanted to strain my fellowship with mm -hmm. God, slap a few people here. You see, but I can't do that, you know, because see, you do that through an unrenewed mind. That's why we need an intercessor. But that irritated me. Even if she wasn't my daughter, why couldn't I eat dinner? But I understand how people think. So you got to be careful and things of that nature simply because of them. Hmm. Not because of you, but because of them. So, and, and yet, yet, there's always somebody with an evil thought in their mind, so God's got to make intercession for that. Yeah, let's, and you're, talk about that you're cautious about that. In fact, even when you order a club soda or something like that, you make sure they bring it in a glass that, that glass. doesn't look like it's a, a, a cocktail or an alcoholic drink. Right. So, because that you do, because, and then we just recently ran into someone that was, Sitting at a bar at a restaurant. A lot of restaurants have a bar. Oh, yeah, sure. And you know, I don't sit that at wouldn't bars. that oh, no, we don't do that. We try to not even sit in that vicinity just to avoid that appearance. Because we have a high standard and because also there has been so much compromise in the body of Christ. That's we right. don't want to be identified with that. You were so supernaturally delivered from, from all that because I was an alcoholic, alcoholic and yeah. drinking and all of that. So mm -hmm. we have a, a strong stand on that. But I remember recently Well, let's just quote our stand. We don't believe in drinking. 
That's right. And I know some people say, oh, man, that's just an American way of thinking. No. What else you want to do that the world does? What else do you want to do that the world does? And you find a lot of ministers, they start drinking. It all starts with a little wine. But it, 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 before you know it, it's past wine. Then you find out, you see them drunk, messed up. Then the next thing is wine, women. And they go, Lord, I don't know why I did what you did. Because you mix the world with your living and you don't do that. And then, it, and then they're, they're on the pathway to destruction. That's you right. You see what has happened in the world. We just recently, when we saw that, the, the, I mean, just because someone was sitting at the bar, sometimes they sit uh -huh. there and they eat so that we didn't judge the person. No, I didn't but judge But later them. that person came and talked to you and you could smell alcohol on its mm -hmm. breath. Mm -hmm. So you knew that was, was going on. Uh -huh. yeah. And it was disappointing to hear that. Yeah, I, we, I didn't judge him. I wasn't being critical. I was just being truthful. Look, the Bible said, don't look, so at the wine, don't look at the wine when it's red in the cup. Well, Jesus turned the water into wine. That's true. I got to say. But now, uh, now watch it. Now, let me prove. Let me just, if you're a drinker, now I'm, I'm going to talk from experience of being an alcoholic. If you, I could be drinking. If you gave me a bottle of grape juice after I've been drinking, I'd spit it out. Because you're looking for that rottenness, that fermentation that's in booze. Jesus. What did those guys say at there at the, when Jesus turned the water away? You saved the best for last. They wasn't drinking. It was heavenly. It was, it was heavenly. It was it's, not... it's called wine and back in that day, but it, it was not intoxicating wine. Right. It was better. It was tasting. People say, I don't believe that. That don't change it. Oh, yeah. I... That don't, don't change it. Even today, movies are trying to get Jesus to have sexual relations with Mary Magdalene. I mean, is that what just some idiot? See that? That, that, that does something like that. Now, I can understand the person not born again saying that. because I hate to say that they have their father, Satan, the devil. They're being controlled by an outlaw spirit called Satan. But once you're born again, shouldn't be committing adultery. Exactly. Just that simple. I couldn't help myself. Now, that's another lie. Yes, you can. See, that's why we need an intercession. Your mind's not renewed. There you go. And you've strained your fellowship with God. And let me say this last one here for being an intercessor. And uh, you'll understand this. No one, see, we strain our fellowship with the Father because of our ignorance of his will. And no one can lay a charge against you because Jesus is interceding. When the devil puts a charge against you, Jesus says, I shut that down. That is a lie, Satan. Mm -hmm. And God says, case dismissed. Yeah. End of it. I plead the blood. Praise God. How you plead your case? I plead the blood. See, so number one, when, number one, Jesus' best job is, what he's doing now is he's a high priest. And then from that job, he does a mediatorship. He's a mediator. Then he's an intercessor. Right. Sometimes I've had God tell me to do some things I didn't do. I disobeyed. Now, I call that sin. That's disobedience. Right. I asked the Lord to forgive me. Why did I do that? Because I wanted to. My flesh kicked up and I didn't crucify it. But because Jesus knew who I am and what I am, he used this, my statement, I will not let the devil lay his charge against him because I intercede for him and I expunge his record because right. he asked me to forgive him. You know, that's what it's all about. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's right. Using Jesus' name is that point of intercession. He goes before the Father for us because we use that that's right. name that he's given us to pray to the Lord with. Yeah. And that is such a comfort to me to know that he's praying for me even uh, when I, I'm sleeping. 
That's right. <laughs> like Peter didn't even realize that when I talked about in Luke chapter 22, how that he would, Jesus would be praying for him because he saw something down the road. He saw an attack. God. And I believe that God has that available to it, but it's still our responsibility to act, to obey that and to act mm -hmm. on it and make a decision to follow God's way. I mean, this is not a license to say, oh, I can do what I want. Jesus no, is no. interceding for me. I'm going to make heaven regardless of what I do. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's going to show you a way out. That's right. He's going to call you to, to yeah. see things. He's going to bring people across your path to teach you the truth so that you can wake up and realize that you need to go in a different direction. Yeah. So that's what he says. I prayed for you. He says, so that when you're converted, when you change, when you turn around, you're going to help your other disciples. That's, well, you know, when uh, Jody was a young girl, sometimes Kathy would tell her no about something. And Jody would come talk to me, and I would go intercede for her. Right. I'd, say, I'd say, Kathy, you know what, come on, let, let the kid do that. Come on, man. That kind of stuff, see? Yeah. But after a while, I mean, wrong is still wrong, you know? It, it, you see, like you just said something. Some people think, well, I'm saved by grace no matter what I can do. I don't care what I do. I mean, I'm going to heaven. Well, let me explain something to you. Whoever thought that we would see this in America today, that you can bust into a store, in California, and if you steal less than $1,000, they won't do nothing. People say, well, you know, you're trying to be nice to them because, you know, way back in 1800, uh, you made me do this and that. Wait a minute. I found that. What about the guy that owns the store or the lady that owns the store that worked real hard for that? Keep it under $1,000, you, you can shoplift, destroy everything. No consequences. And, yeah, and that's just wrong to do that. That's just totally wrong to do that. Well, I don't think it's wrong because you don't own the store. You didn't work real hard to put the inventory in there so you could try to make a living. You understand what I'm trying to say? And then if you actually slap one of these kids or hit them, or they want to put you in jail, call you cruel. No, no. The world's I mean, upside down in so many yes. ways. Yes, and see, what happened is there are a lot of people, they don't have fathers, they don't have mothers, so they don't, they're not trained to be what I call a responsible person. Hmm. See, I'm not say blaming the kid, I'm blaming the, the system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing me and Kathy did, even though I traveled a lot. We were mom and dad to Jody. And I always told Jody that, Jody, if you sin, if you mess up, don't run away from me. Run toward me. Run toward me. Now, I may not like what you've done, but I will always have your back. I will intercede for you. I will be your high priest. I will be your mediator. And I will be your intercessor. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Well, that's what Jesus did, done yeah, for us, and he so does good. that constantly. That's so so remember, number one, uh, unrenewed minds. Right. Number two, we strain our fellowship sometimes, different right. things. You do those kind of things. In a marriage, sometimes you got a little strained uh, fellowship, and you got to uh, uh, repent. Or I would say, uh, you know, I pardon you, and you pardon me, and all that kind of stuff. And you go back to being uh, whatever you want to do. Right. You know, like even, the, I, you know, I wish Kathy would think exactly like me. The world would be so much easier for me. <laughs> and I think, I would, and I don't doubt she think, I just wish Jesse would think like I do. And, I, I don't and, know and if I've you know, that. <laughs> you know, that may be too big for me to believe for. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you know, but you know what? That's what makes the world exciting. <laughs> it's iron sharpeneth iron. That's right. That's so it good. It just works. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I never thought I'd ever get into decorating. But, you know, but I mean, Kathy, I've seen her decorate, and I begin to kind of see what's good and what's not. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and I'd say, well, I don't like that. Well, you should like it. Well, I'm, uh, should's not in this conversation, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. You know, and before you know it, you kind of, you're butting heads, but not to the point you're slapping each other and hurting each other, <laughs> that kind of stuff, you no. see. So remember this, that he ever liveth. To, let's read it again. And, and so you, we'll close with this in here. 
that he ever lived to make in this session. Verse 25, wherefore, I'm reading out the King James, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. You have that in the Passion Translation? I do. Put, Let me uh, go there. Do, go to, do the passage and the message. See what it uh, says. Okay, the, pa the Passion Translation so says, so he is able to save fully from now throughout eternity, come everyone on. who comes to God through him because he lives to pray continually for them. What is the message translation? The message uh, is not it. as good. I kind of peeked at it. Oh, you like, well, then don't, it. don't say it if it's not good. Because see, the message translation is not a translation. Well, it's kind of it's kind of good. It's, it, it's a paraphrase, right? The message translation? I think so. I think the message. But it says, he, it's still talking about how he comes uh -huh. to save everyone who comes to God through him, always on the job to speak up for them. Oh, I like that. Always you know, when I want to say something before we close though, because okay. I was thinking about this whole concept of intercession. And you know, it really connects to the teaching from last week we talked about mm -hmm. on the chat about being a mediator. And I remember reading the scripture that there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's, that's right. the man, Jesus Christ. When, and when we talk about intercessory prayer and praying to, that he prays for us, there's a, there's a wrong teaching that's been out there for a very long time, and we all know about it, how people will pray to saints or someone in heaven intercede to pray for them. Like, I remember growing up Catholic. Nothing against the Catholic people. I love them. I'm, I grew up Catholic. We were married in mm. the Catholic Church. Yep. But there was a wrong doctrine. I remember seeing even in catechism that said, you know, you, you need to pray to Mary. And it was actually in the little book that said, because Mary can't tell, I mean, Jesus can't tell his mother no. So you, so I know you're going to make somebody mad right now. I know it, but it's just, it's so true. And you need to know that Jesus is the only person you need to pray to. And once you tell him that story that when that woman was okay. upset with right. you no, about praying point. to Mary, because this brings a lot of information and light to First, this whole teaching. I want to say this. We love Mary. We do. Jesus we loves Mary. I mean, that's his mom. This is nothing Let against Let me give you an example. We, we were, uh, I, I was in, uh, very in my office way back then. I used to preach almost every day going. And a lady came into my office and asked to see me. And I happened to be there. This is when we only had about maybe six, seven people working for us. So I come up and she said, but just I need to talk to you. I really enjoy your ministry. And I said, well, thank you. How come you don't like Mary? And I said, Mary who? <laughs> a lot of Mary's. She said, Mary. I said, ma'am, Mary who? Mary, the mother of Jesus. I said, well, I love Mary, the mother of Jesus. My God, man, why would you say that? Then she said, this, well, how come you don't pray to her? This lady had an honest statement here. That's an honest what she question. had been taught her yes. whole life. Why I don't always taught that her. as a child. And I looked at her. Now, I could have heard her. I could have nailed it homiletically, hermeneutically, get into a, a, a doctrinal issue. I said, well, let me tell you why. I said, I pray like Mary prays. She said, what? I said, I pray like Mary prays. You pray like Mary prays. What? how does Mary pray? She prays the way Jesus said. She prays to the Father in Jesus' name. That's how Mary prays. I said, don't you want to pray like Mary prays? Yes, I do. Well, don't you love Mary? Yes. I said, well, from now on, let's pray like Mary prays. She prayed to the Father in Jesus. Now, she thought, man, that's so wonderful. I said, it's not because I'm putting her down. I just pray. She's my example. Yeah. I pray like Mary prays. Yeah. Now, watch that. She went to a Tuesday night Bible study. 600 people in this charismatic Bible study. 600 on a Tuesday night. And the priest, was a wonderful priest, a Great guy. I mean, I think now he's in heaven. So he gets up and they're going to say the Hail Mary, the Hail Mary prayer. He said, let's begin to pray. And she goes, stop. 
that man just kind of freaked. She said, and he said, what's the problem? She said, we need to pray like Mary prays. The father priest says, prayed. Yeah. We need to pray like Mary prayed. The, the priest goes, uh, uh, he said a couple of uhs, but how does Mary pray? She said, Mary prays to the father in Jesus name. The priest says, that sounds good to me. Let's pray like Mary prays. See, I could have hurt the lady, you know, but I didn't want to do that. And you know what? Now I'd go to that Bible study, oh, in the name of Jesus. We pray like Mary prays. We pray like Peter prays. We pray like Paul prays. We pray like Jesus prays. <laughs> you know, you see what I'm saying? We're not causing uh, problems. We just prayed like Mary prays. That's so simple. That's what you would, uh, that's the story, right? Yeah, the whole, con yeah, because that, that, we need to make sure that we, yeah, yes. we lift up Jesus. He is the Always. Savior. No one, everyone, Mary was blessed. God used her well, greatly. But it, she, and there, there was a, t a few years back, even when we were in England, they oh, came that, on the news that yeah. oh. said they called, called her the co-redeemer. You can't no, no, do no, that. No. She Mary's would not, not the co-redeemer. She would not want that. No, uh, no, uh, there's only one redeemer, that's Jesus. And I literally said that in front of 15,000 people. Right. They're in England. And I said, this is nothing against Mary, nothing against the Catholic Church, nothing against anybody. I said, she's not a co-redeemer. She's the mother of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's the highest, whoo, Lord, wouldn't you love to meet up if you're a woman, a mother of Jesus Christ? My God, man. Yeah. But she's not a co-redeemer. There's only one redeemer. Yeah. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm -hmm. So number one, what's Jesus for job? Number one, he is a high priest. That's the high level. Number two, he's a mediator. And number three, he's an intercessor. Amen. I hope you learned something today. And let me just say this to all our partners and friends before we close. Yeah. Thank you for supporting this ministry the way you do. We couldn't do these things without you. And I thank you for your giving. I mean, we got so many projects that are coming forward and we're about ready to go again, flying all over the world to preach this glorious gospel. If you'd like to be a partner, you can go to jdm.org and give that way if you'd like to do that. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but if you'd like to, jdm.org, that's our website. You can use PayPal if you like, or you can text to give, or you can mail in your donation if you so desire. 100%, and I love saying this, because we've been debt-free since 1982, 100% of your giving goes into world evangelism to reach people and change lives one soul at a time. How did you do that? I'll tell you exactly how I did that. I let Jesus be my high priest, I let him be my mediator. I let him be my intercessor. And next week, mm. I let him be my advocate. Oh, I got an announcement coming up here on, on, on my, uh, the, the, the TV. My visionary conference is next week, Thursday, July the 13th at 7 p.m., Friday, July the 14th at 10 a.m. in the morning, mm. and 7 p.m. at night, two days. Food's great in New Orleans. You ought to come. Registration and admission are free. Yes. We never charge. Mm -hmm. You just come. If you want more details on it, go to jdm.org for all the details and you'll get that. That's right. Once again, I hope you're enjoying this. Don't miss next week, Jesus' final job, and that he is an advocate. So until next week, we'll see you again. Okay? God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.